Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Welcome into the Juice and Mo podcast. We appreciate you so much for consuming our content all off season long because the content really doesn't stop. I want to encourage all of you who listen on the audio side, do me a favor, go to your Spotify app or Apple podcast app and drop us a review. It just helps our podcast continue to grow. It's grown so much over the last couple of years and it's because people take the time to drop reviews. I also want to encourage you guys to check out our YouTube page, youtube.com slash at deuce and mo, because we are dropping new content daily. Yes. NBA and Kings content almost every single day. Well, one thing we are following closely is Sasha Vazenkov. He is a guy that the Kings are interested in bringing over from the EuroLeague. He's a EuroLeague MVP candidate, and we need to learn more about him. So enjoy our conversation with Mr. EuroLeague. Liam Canny, he's a commentator. He knows a lot about Sasha. Well, Sacramento Kings fans are keeping a close eye on the EuroLeague right now because the guy that the Kings have been trying to get over since last offseason could be thinking about coming to Sacramento now. Yeah. And he's playing, getting ready for the EuroLeague Final Four, Sasha Vazenkov. And it's a guy that a lot of Kings fans are intrigued with. So we thought, why not bring on a guy who has seen him play, mm-hmm. that knows his game. He is Mr. EuroLeague. At least that's what I'm calling him. Liam Canny, we appreciate you so much for joining us. He's a EuroLeague commentator. How you doing, man? Deuce and Mo, thank you very much for having me. I'm doing great, and uh, I'm here in uh, in London getting ready to go to the Final Four, but uh, I'm just real privileged to be with you guys today. Well, and I know you're feeling good because you're, bo- you're a big Boston Celtics fan. I am yes. a huge Celtics fan, for sure. So what a great win oh. last night, you know? Jason Tatum, are you kidding me? What a performance. Well, he had to back up. You know, that quote he had a, a previous game, he said, yeah. I'm humbly one of the – greatest players on the planet i'm sure i'm paraphrasing and then he comes out and he drops 51 <laughs> so it's a good thing he could back up his own confidence yeah yeah he ended up posting something on instagram that like had this nice little step back and was like humbly and i loved it because you're right he did back it up but for you do you watch all those games do you plan out your schedule around celtic teams like how does that work for you yeah, no, it's with the time difference, it's really tough, you know. So I'll certainly check the scores every day. Um, and then I'll watch a highlight or I'll watch a condensed game, probably after the fact or a YouTube summary. But now with the playoffs, I'll try, you know, where I can. Yesterday was a kind time for us. Yesterday yeah. was an 30 tip off for us. So I was watching it live. Well, I feel like a basketball casual now because oh. I- I've heard you over the years, but I never actually sat down and watched a EuroLeague game. In, in it's in entirety, yes. right? Like you see highlights, but the other day, you know, the games are on ESPN, watch ESPN now. I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm going to watch this, you know, Sasha's playing. And I heard your voice. I had to look you up because I'm like, this guy is doing a broadcast by himself. He's beyond entertaining. It was amazing. He's it- analyzing. You could tell you have a joy for the game. You captured me. Yep. You captured. I really enjoyed your play-by-play style. And we were just 
in awe of how you captured the moment, the intensity of a, of a big game five playoff game. How, how did you get into this? When, when did you realize you wanted to do play by play? Yeah, that's uh, wow. That's an interesting story. First of all, thank you very much. You know, coming from two people in the profession, I, I really appreciate that. And um, I got into it completely by accident. So a colleague of mine, uh, I'm a teacher by profession, and I haven't yet had a chance to give up my day job. But a colleague of mine and I, years ago, were doing some EuroLeague games for UK TV. EuroLeague's trying to penetrate the London market. It's a big market. Didn't really go anywhere. And about two years later, he comes into my classroom. He goes, look, um, I'm going to the FIBA World Cup in 2010. We're one guy short. I sent a sound clip to the, to the media guy from FIBA. You've got a chance. And within a couple of weeks, I'm on a plane going to Turkey to cover wow. the FIBA World Cup live courtside. It was just, that was my, that was my intro. It was remarkable. It was France. The group was France, um, Spain, uh, Lithuania, Canada, and uh, Turkey. So oh. it was amazing. So, so wait, were you, were you nervous when you first got that call to go do it? And, and how did you develop your love for basketball? I was I was more than nervous, and and you know you guys can relate to this um, as commentators. So you know you're live at the game, but of course you have to look at the monitor, yeah, right? Because yeah. your viewers see what's on the monitor, and so you have to kind of discipline yourself. But I was new, and I think Pau um, Pau Gasol did some thunder dunk, and I said to the there was a young guy next to me who was cutting highlights like almost as quickly as the highlight happened. He was creating content, and I said, "Wow." Oh, did you see that? And I wasn't <laughs> talking to the viewers. I was talking to the guy next to me. And he goes, yeah. And he points to the monitor, like, look, you got to speak. Of course you saw that. You know, we've all saw that. You know, so it was a rude introduction for me as a green behind the ears rookie to try and find some, uh, some discipline. But I guess it was my enthusiasm that came through. Your enthusiasm, but it's also your knowledge of the game. And it's, we don't usually get that with NBA broadcasting because you have a play-by-play -play person who just strictly does play-by-play -play and you have an analyst, but I mean, you're, you're calling things out as they happen, which is really impressive. You're, it feels like you're a student of the game. Not only do you love the EuroLeague, but you just, you love the game. Yeah, for sure. I've, I've, um, I'm a high school coach. I've coached for 30 years. I've coached some semi-pro ball as well. So um, yeah. And, and I love to make those comments about, you know, what's happening in the game a big for little pick or a pick the picker action, or if a team comes out and presses, I really love it when the coaches go in to timeouts and you try to put yourself in the coach's spot and, and think, okay, are they going to change the defense here? You know, they've been playing man to man the whole time. Sometimes your league teams will throw some zone coming out of a timeout just as a one-off. And so I like the chess battle that happens between the coaches and try to bring the viewer. But that's a a, to that. That's the thing Morgan when presses me about him is, that it's one thing to notice it, yeah. but then you have to communicate it and you've got to do it live and you're calling a game. You're paying attention to rotations and stats and everything. And oh, by the way, I got to focus on the monitor next to me because replays are coming. Yeah. I mean, it's, With it's, a it's, high energy yes. and, and perfect delivery yeah. as well. I know we're raving about you, but you're truly, really good. I, just, I mean that. Yeah, no. And I think, I think what makes uh, also your play calling so special is you can feel your joy for the game and then getting to know you a little bit more right now. It's like, Oh yeah, you're a hooper. You love this game. It's in your blood. But I want to go back to rewind. When did you first start falling in love with the game of basketball? 
Yeah, so, you know, I grew up in New Hampshire, small city, uh, just north of Boston. And maybe like yourselves, you know, you, your goal as a youngster is to make the high school team, right? You want to, when you're in middle school, you want to make the high school team. And so my dad would always bring me to the high, high school games. And so um, our, our town had a big, our town had a big high school and um, they invited a team from Cambridge, Massachusetts up for a tournament. And I was an eighth grader. And Patrick Ewing was a senior on this Cambridge and Ringe and Latin high school. Whoa. So I, you know, I don't know how I ate my popcorn and watched the game, but it was an amazing game because Patrick Ewing played for Cambridge Ringe and Latin. Uh, and then there was a guy called Dwayne McLean who played for another school from Massachusetts called Holy Name. That was 1981. Four years later in the 1985 NCAA final, it's Villanova with Dwayne McLean and Georgetown with Patrick Ewing. And I saw them both as like high school wow. seniors. Uh, so that was my, you know, uh, introduction to basketball moment. That's when I fell in love. That's so cool. That's such a great story. Um, for, for NBA fans, of course, we have a lot of Kings fans who listen. How would you describe the kind of the major differences between the EuroLeague style of play and the NBA? I think it's ball movement, you know. So, you know, just watching the Celtics last night, they use a lot of high pick and roll action and, and Tatum would kind of pick and pop. And, but there were five guys on the perimeter, you know, you didn't see many back to the basket players anymore. And, and with the defensive three seconds, um, you don't have to move the defense as much as you do in Euroleague. So with Euroleague, you'll see a lot more ball movement. The ball goes through three, four, five sets of hands before you'll get a shot. Um, you won't have a premier player to the extent, you know, the Celtics premier player is, you know, Tatum, maybe Jalen Brown. So they're going to get the majority of shots in a yearly game. You know, if you, if you average 12, 14 points a game, you're, you're a high product product productivity guy, you know? Wow. Um, and so it's just the ball movement. It's very tactical. You know, European coaches are very tactical. They don't want transition basketball. They want to foul to stop transition as much as possible. They don't want easy layups. They're always talking about, we've got fouls to give. We've got fouls to give, but rather than giving up easy shots. So it's, yeah, it's very tactical, lots of ball movement and lots of players involved. It, sound, it sounds like it's more team-oriented, if yeah. anything. Like it, Less it, ISO. Yeah, is that more or, because or, of the the coaches or is it because of the caliber of, of player? What, what is that? Yeah, I think it's the coaches, you know, that most of the coaches are are high. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet Smart Money Podcast. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the finance world, helping you make smarter decisions with your money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning for my tax bills so I don't dread April every year. Yeah, and it's a really confusing time, by the way. There's all these documents, especially with us, like we are managing finances together because we run a small business together. There's all these different papers. There's all these different forms. What do you do? You listen to Nerd Wallet Smart Money Podcast. Yeah, because then you can be making a balanced budget and not just for everything you're doing with your business. How about for some time off after an NBA season even? That sounds amazing. So you know what you need to do? Listen to Nerd Wallet Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. 
But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Technicians, they're all very experienced. You know, the guy who's hopefully going to come to you next year, Sasha Vizhenkov, just won what we call the Alfonso Ford Scoring Award. He's the top scorer in the EuroLeague. And he averaged 17 a game. So... It's respectable, but, you know, that wouldn't be, raise an eyebrow in an NBA roster, right, if you're averaging 17 a game. Um, and he's the top scorer. Um, so just it shows you that it's sharing the ball, sharing the sugar, and, and moving the defense for sure. Well, Kings fans like that, right? Because, yes. you know, you think about the early 2000s Kings and how they moved the ball with Vlade, C. Webb, Page, those great teams. And then this year's Kings team, they did a lot of that with Sabonis, creating so much for the team, the off-ball movement, the dribble handoffs. It was a lot of fun to watch. Uh, let's let's talk Sasha. Uh, there's some Kings fans who know a lot about him. There's some who are like, who is this guy? He was drafted in 2017 by the Nets. His draft rights have bounced around, landed with the Kings uh, last year, around June 2022. They tried to get him last year, weren't able to do it. Um, why, do, why do you think this might be the right time for him to, to, to come over to the NBA? Yeah, he's matured so much as a player. You know, he started with with Barcelona in the EuroLeague, and he was a kind of bit part player, young. Uh, then he made the transition to Olympiacos on the outskirts of Athens, and he's just gotten better from year to year. Um, he's got a high release. You know, he I think he's listed as six nine, but he's long, and he plays almost like he's six eleven. So he's got a really high release. He has a quick release. Uh, moves well without the basketball, can slip a pick, very intelligent. And, you know, he's very humble as well. He's a really humble character. Um, and I think, you know, he, he would be a great team guy for anybody, especially as a rookie coming into a new situation. Well, I love hearing that he's humble too, because I think that's sometimes the uh, the most interesting thing you hear about some of these EuroLeague guys is it, how their game will translate in the NBA, right? Like he's not going to be the star in the NBA. I mean, then again, he still can do some amazing things as an individual on this Kings team where it's like this free-flowing offense that I think empowers a lot of different players to uh, play their in their best role. And now you saw Mike Brown head over and watch Sasha, and you're seeing Kings just wanting to go over there and – so he can come back over here to the big league. And the Kings had one of their best years this last season, finally breaking the playoff drought and everything. Do you think that maybe can help influence Sasha uh, with his decision on coming over to the league? Yeah, for sure. For sure. And obviously Luca's, I mean, you know, Luca just completely took off Luca Doncic and he, mm. he made the transition. I mean, so well, right. So from being a, MVP of the EuroLeague as a teenager to, you know, an NBA all-star, certainly there's hope for, for European players coming. Now, I'm not going to compare Sasha to Luca. I don't sure. want to get Sacramento uh, Kings fans <laughs> too excited, but I think it's a pathway, right? I think you see somebody that you've competed against, maybe from a similar background, and you see, well, you know, he's having success. Maybe it's a good time for me to do it as well. So what about Sasha's year this year? I mean, you talked about the scoring. It sounds like he's a EuroLeague MVP candidate. Uh, how big of a jump did he make this year? 
Yeah, so he had a good season last year, but he didn't have a good Final Four. Um, you know, they they lost, uh, Olympiacos lost in the semifinals. It's amazing. So it's uh, just for your viewers, like uh, the playoffs are five-game series, you know, NBA is seven games. But then it's like an NCAA Final Four for the, for the final weekend. You go to a one and done. Wow. And Olympiacos lost last year at the buzzer to um, – to Vasilya Micic. I don't know if you've heard of Micic. Micic is a Serbian international who was last year's MVP. And I think Sasha just redoubled his efforts. He didn't have a great game in that, in that semifinals. And you're right, um, Deuce. I think he, you know, I was saying midseason, just give him the regular season MVP award now. Uh, we're still waiting for the uh, league to announce it. So, uh, and he's the, I would have thought, the hands-down candidate. Um, so I think you have to give him credit that he's improved even from, from last year. Uh, and that's been a, I think that's been his story too. It's been an upward tra- trajectory from when he left Barcelona to when he mm. went to Olympiacos and got better season by season. How did he get better? What, what do you think he did to his game to get better? Like, is it a confident thing? Is it a technique? What was it? He, he can absolutely shoot it and he, and he can catch and shoot. He, and he doesn't need, he doesn't need a lot of space because he's got the length and his release is so quick. He finds good space on the floor. You know, I think he's an intelligent player. That certainly helps him. Um, yeah, and I, I just think that, you know, if he's going to do it, this is the certainly the year to make the jump. You know, people ask us all the time about, well, what about his defense? What about yeah, his defense? Yeah. Because that's there's this narrative around him as a defender that it's not like it's not great or it's not up to par. What? How do you feel about Sasha's defense? You talk about that's him being legit- an intelligent player. Yeah, that's a legitimate question, right? So, you know, um, he's 6'9", you know, Who's he going to take on the perimeter? He's going to take a four guy. I mean, that's that's good for him, right? He's not going to be guarding a three. Um, and a friend of mine who's a scout with an NBA team kind of draws a parallel to uh, George Niang, who played for the Sixers. You know, yeah. just an elite shooter. Might not be the best athlete necessarily on the floor. And he's got a little niche for himself on the Sixers. And maybe Sasha is that. Comes in, makes a couple of shots, um, and then comes out. Um, I think you're right. I think the question is, who's he going to defend and, and can he defend? Yeah, it's going to be an interesting thing, of course, because some of these fours in the NBA, as you know, they're so athletic. But also, you know, it is about team defense, too. And if you're a high IQ player, yeah. sometimes that's just beneficial. I mean, you may be able to get beat, but if the help is there, may not be that bad right. for, for Sasha. Yeah, and I'm just curious kind of how maybe he evolves with a new role too because it's one thing to be on a team where you're playing, I think he's playing about 28 minutes a game right now uh, in the EuroLeague, 40-minute games, right? Is that correct, 40 minutes? Right, yeah, yeah, that's right. So, you know, if he's coming to the league, is he coming here because he's starting or is he coming off the bench? And, and kind of the adjustment to not only the NBA game but but playing a different role could be intriguing too. Yeah, absolutely. And, and um, you know, you know, you don't know until that happens. And again, I'm going to make another kind of loose parallel and, 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 and Kings fans are going to get up off their seats. You know, Nikola Jokic wouldn't be the best athletes uh, uh, in, in the gym on a given night either. Yeah. Obviously he plays a different role and obviously he's an amazing passer, but he found a spot because of his high IQ and, and, and not because of his athletic ability. Yeah. And you you keep you you keep talking about this niche, and it obviously is his shooting. Is that what makes Sasha NBA ready, or what is it? 
Uh, you know, I think it's his intelligence, his movement. His movement off the ball is really good. Uh, and I would call him an elite shooter for sure. For sure. And I think that's going to be huge playing with Sabonis. Yep. You know, you, you need guys who are able to move off ball, but also from a spacing perspective, like the Kings want more shooting. And they had a good shooting team last year with Keegan Murray, Kevin Herter, both guys over 40%. To add him to the fold, it could create so much more space for Sabonis and Fox to do their thing. That's why I think it's going to be a great fit. I'm not going wild with expectations, but I think having a guy with size who could shoot the ball is only going to help you. A lot of it, too, I think, Deuce, will be, you know, how do you acclimatize to to the culture? How do you acclimatize to a new team? How do you acclimatize mm. to a new role? Uh, he's He's level-headed. You know, I think that's really important. You know, he's, he grew up in, uh, I think he grew up in, um, in Cyprus. Then he lived in Spain. Now he's living, you know, um, he's a Greek speaker, although he's Bulgarian, he speaks Greek. So he's living in, in, in just on the outskirts of Athens. I think that worldly experience, and that maturity will certainly help him as well when he I'm, gets to a new club and he gets to a new city and gets to a new environment. I'm sold. <laughs> <laughs> Well, he's getting ready for the final four. You're going to be on the call for that. Yes. And I want to yes. encourage all Kings fans. If you have ESPN plus watch ESPN, the EuroLeague final four is going to be on there. So you could watch the games live. Liam will be on the call. Yeah. We, we got to watch Sasha, see how it looks. It's going to be fun. And who are, who are, who's Olympiacos facing in, in the first match? Olympiacos are playing Monaco. And on the other semifinal, it is what they call the uh, El Clasico. It is Real Madrid against Barcelona mm. in El Clasico Balancesto. Wow. Well, so, excited to watch it all. Yeah. Final four, <laughs> single elimination. I mean, you have to get done. You, you, you got to exactly be right. juiced for that. Well, I tell you what, I really appreciate being on the show for you guys. And uh, I hope we're so excited on this end that we're going to be on ESPN3 next year. Um, yes. So American viewers can get another uh, another look, another another type of basketball to watch at home. Hey, I'm telling you that it, there is a demand for it too. Yep. You know, for basketball fans, they want to see. All, there's so much talent around the world, and the Euroleague is such a great league. And for it to get some more exposure here is awesome. Well, hey, we appreciate you so 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 much for joining us. Can't wait to hear you on the call, and uh, let's definitely stay in touch. Thank you so much, guys. I wish you the best of luck uh, going into the next season. Deuce and Mo, Deuce and Mo, Deuce and Mo, they tell 